Okay, welcome to Don't Call Me a Guru. It's been a little while. Linda, how are you? I'm doing really good. How are you doing? I'm great. We both had vacations. Mm-hmm. How was your vacation? It's great. Went to Disneyland. Your uh, your vacation was a bit more exciting, I think. In I, you look pretty excited in Disneyland. <laughs> <laughs> you had a month off? That's awesome. I took a month away from the office. I've been working pretty hard and uh, spent some time in the United Kingdom, but I'm glad to be back. Uh, Glad to be podcasting again. Exactly. (laughs) Uh, I wanted to start by saying that finally someone in the media in Edmonton actually at mentioned McEwen's account when they were writing an article about them, which is like maybe a first. We talked in a previous podcast about why that never happens. Oh, no one seems to know how to tag the right (laughs) (laughs) right people for whatever reason. I retweeted it. I think Metro is usually a little better about it, but uh, just felt good to get that notification, you know? And you're like, wow, they're doing it right. (laughs) Maybe they've been listening to the pod. What do you think? Maybe. (laughs) Please tweet us if you've been, uh, if you've been listening to the podcast, Metro. Please sponsor us. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that too. (laughs) So this episode, we're just going to be lots of things happening in social media. Hey? (laughs) Yeah. It was a bad time to take some time off. I feel like I missed a whole wave of memes. (laughs) Snapchat totally changed. Yeah. Instagram changed. Yep. Suddenly I'm out of the loop and everything's round on Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> I do have to change all our logos at McEwen as yeah, a result. We, had, we did that as well. <laughs> I wish they had to send me an email and saw what I thought about it, but it's okay. Maybe next time. One thing that's been really bugging me lately is um is emoji reactions on Facebook. Right. Okay. Like, so you don't like this. So one thing that's been <laughs> happening is that because they're all given equal weight, you don't see a number beside the number of likes and the number of right. unless you mouse over it, obviously. Right. But when you're just looking at the post, you see like a like, a love, mm-hmm. and then like and, an angry face. Right. And there's one person. <laughs> so for example, we posted that the uh, we named our jam after our outgoing president. It was that's a lovely nice. story. Oh. And then there was just. Just one, one angry face <laughs> under it. And the comment says, LOL, whoever angry faced this. <laughs> Just like, I, I do wish there was some kind because of. Because they actually had to hover and like, like it's more effort to select oh. the other reaction than it is the like. So it's actually more engaging. Listen, if you're going to angry face like a random like announcement, just leave a comment. Like, tell me why you're so mad. We can solve this together. Like I'm on your side, you know? Um, uh, but yeah, I, it's uh it's, it gets a little bit upsetting when we've done issue, um, some posting around like transgender rights and stuff and you'll mm-hmm. get like a ha ha or an mm-hmm. angry on that. And it just like, just grinds my gears. And <laughs> I, I I don't know how to get rid of it. I, I don't think I can. I don't think so. you can get rid of it. I mean, this was this was Facebook's solution to the dislike button, right? That everyone wanted for for years and years. But I, I get your point. Um, but I do think it's a nice. It, I think it is a measure of an additional bit of engagement because it is more effort to hover over angry <laughs> or yeah. haha. So it's like, okay, so this this actually affected them a, a little bit more that they were willing to 
click two more times. <laughs> I wonder something that works really well on Twitter for me is polls where I just say like, how are you feeling right now? Mm-hmm. And I'll throw some emojis in there yeah. and people select them. Love Twitter polls. Have you ever, I wonder They're if so you fun. could, I wonder if you could do something like that uh, using Facebook reactions, like encourage people to use different ones kind oh, yeah. of thing. Well, I've seen, um, see, and this is where I think it's kind of weird too. I've seen some Facebook pages do, you know, they'll do like a collage of things that you can pick. And then they'll they'll do that. So, but um, it'll either be you know like for this, share for this, leave a comment for this. Like if you're voting, um, but now yeah, you could use your emoji reactions if you wanted to do it that way. It's a little bit. I mean, it's kind of fun. I think we're always trying to look for different ways to to interact with audiences, and and that's probably a creative way to do it. <laughs> Another new thing on Facebook is the ads. I just saw, when did I send this to you? Like two days ago? Yeah, yeah. That Depending on when we post this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> like a month ago. <laughs> I'm holding today's newspaper. Uh, it we we saw that uh, Messenger now has ads. Mm-hmm. Or it's, ro- it's slowly rolling out to everyone globally, apparently. Uh, and initially we thought it was going to be ads within the message, right? Like when you just look at the headline and you don't read the article. <laughs> Facebook Messenger ads coming. <laughs> then you click it and you realize that it'll be on the um, the the feed, the, the main Looking inbox. Like in your inbox, yeah. Yeah, which is probably a little less intrusive. Um, I don't know what your thoughts on Messenger ads. Will you use them? Will you experiment with them? Give it a whirl. Yeah. I, I mean, why I don't not? Think you right? can never but, say no to that. And Facebook makes it so easy I know. to advertise with their other formats, right? To me, the strength of Facebook ads is that they disguise themselves. Mm-hmm. Like it's like content marketing it's in that way. It's part of it. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and I, I don't know about how successful they'll be when they stand out. It's one of my problems with Instagram ads is like often they really stand, they stand out, out in but the feed. Sometimes, sometimes they don't. Sometimes they don't. Right. And I'll double tap it like it's someone has posted a nice photo. Totally. And then I like, I'm like, wait, <laughs> and, <laughs> that was uh, an ad. <laughs> although I made the mistake of browsing a very aggressive bicycle company and now my feed is all, it's just all bicycles <laughs> chasing me across the internet. Hey, oh, so that's you know okay. it works. Um, yeah, I mean, I think what I've read is that uh, because Facebook's been doing these type of ad placements for so long that probably this transition into Messenger isn't or shouldn't be too shocking for people. Um, but we'll see. I, I don't think for sure that uh, it should be discounted. It's kind of another, especially when you consider how many people uh, use Messenger um, and use it separate from the Facebook app. It would be neat if these were actually like Messenger, for instance, like a bot. So you op- maybe you've written a bunch of messages saying you're mm-hmm. you're hungry, you, let's get takeout, and then the the ad underneath is a bot that lets you order dinner mm-hmm. through Uber Eats or whatever. That I would wonder- be cool. But then is that sort of like? Is that creepy? Is that <laughs> is it reading your messages then? And is that too much? I feel like Google got in it, trouble for that. I guess recently. it's them admitting they're doing it. Yeah, like, exactly. I'm, I'm fairly certain messenger data is already part of what they're packaging yeah. to target you on Facebook. Yeah. I wouldn't be surprised. I'm sure. So we'll see. I guess it just is creepy. It's just whether they want to admit it <laughs> or not. Whether it's explicitly creepy or not. <laughs> um, have you tried? So another new thing on Facebook, video cover photos. Oh, yeah. Which is, there's also, you can do video profile pictures as well, which yeah. I don't think a lot of people are utilizing. Because you can't upload them still? You can only make them on your phone? Like, is that true? I, I don't know. I, I haven't. So. Let's, 
No, let's let's take out. a pause. Let's <laughs> you check online. I'll check on my phone. Just no, that'll take too long. <laughs> Someone else can look that up. <laughs> the point is video, video, video. Yeah, are you gonna play with video cover photos? I think, think so. Yeah. Yeah, me too. Where it makes sense. Uh, trying to figure out um, what what will look good. I mean, I found I feel like I've only just <laughs> for a lot of, uh, and I don't think a lot of people. Uh, do this for cover photos is that um, there's the safe area which is kind of in the middle for mobile which is different than what it looks like on desktop and still to this day people don't get that right so Mm. maybe a video cover photo will just solve this problem (laughs) I think the place I'm going to start is really like ambient sort of like scenic mm-hmm. videos just like, like nice just getting tree, some motion in there of, yeah. and see how that does because i think it'll look cool when you come to the page uh which your cover photo should do that <laughs> you know <laughs> and uh also uh our our numbers show that people just really like the look of our building it's a yep. it's a big the selling aesthetic. point for us so mm-hmm. i think that's where i'm gonna start and see how it does but i'd be curious to see a more aggressive approach like getting like a talking head in there or getting mm-hmm. like a sales pitch in there would be really really interesting to see if people go for it might be too much but i mean i guess it's not unlike a youtube channel trailer right if someone's showing up on your youtube oh, page yeah. and you suddenly hear the voice start talking that's true uh, facebook cover photos for me have been kind of like a secret hack like if you want people to see the photo mm-hmm. Updating your cover photo is a good way to get it in front of more eyeballs. Mm-hmm. I mean, I remember, uh, and I'm sure this is still true, but a few years ago, um, I think the stat that I was working with is like the majority of your Facebook fans will never come back to your Facebook page. They'll right. only interact with you on their newsfeed. So they never really see your cover photo anyway. Yeah. Um, so it'll be interesting if this pulls people in, right? I don't know. Yeah. Apparently video is everything, so... <laughs> You got video. You're you're getting eyeballs and engagement. Do you want to talk about Let's that talk now? Let's talk about that. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, I've we've both been seeing this trend where like, like newspapers are cutting their long form team mm-hmm. and, and investing everything in in video. Mm-hmm. That just like hasn't been the case on in my Google Analytics and mm-hmm. my social stats. Like long form for me is is really strong. People, like long form writing. Yeah, like two thousand yeah. plus words. People, Which is, I think, rare. Yeah. Like, that's probably unusual for, for other businesses. Maybe. Potentially. I feel, feel like they're the articles the writers put a lot of time into. Oh, and, sure. and they're very good and they're very <laughs> interesting. And when you get to them, you're likely to stick around and read it. Mm-hmm. And we pitch it when I share it as, like, read our monthly long-form story kind of mm-hmm. thing. It's been performing really well. I think, like... When it comes to video, I think it just depends on how it's executed, right? So I feel like now enough businesses and enough news organizations, I mean, I see the CBC doing that. Like, I feel like it's very common is they'll have it in that more subtitle, like quick bite driven way. And it's short enough that you will get the completion rate. Yeah, (laughs) Um, That's effective. So I think like the video that we were used to producing and seeing all the time a few years ago. Right. Um, three minute long, five minute long, that type of stuff. Not, not something people have an appetite for, uh, now, but you've got your 15 second, your 30 second quick hit, um, and something with a caption, knowing that people probably aren't going to listen to the audio. I think that will probably drive up that video engagement and the completion, which, which from an analytics point of view is, is huge, right? So we've seen when we post some videos for some clients, you know, even the one minute, you think a one minute is short. 
Um, but like it drops off after maybe 10 seconds. Yeah. But if it's a 15 or a 30 second, you're almost guaranteed that people will stick around for the whole thing. Interesting. It's like, Why not? You know, it's only another 15 seconds. <laughs> it's funny. But it depends. Yeah. I don't know. I think like we both like personally, I, I find that I don't watch a lot of video and um, well, I'm I do watching. save videos on Facebook now. Like I'll find a cooking video or yeah, something. I'll save it well. and watch it at home. But still very rarely, like, and mm-hmm. then autoplay video still bothers me. I know I'm getting old and curmudgeonly like because of that, but it's just me pausing things forever. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I think from a brand perspective, autoplay is like a godsend because it's like, oh, sweet, they'll at least see the first three seconds and maybe they'll stop <laughs> scrolling. <laughs> right. Um, yeah, I don't know. I think the, what did I hear? Like, by 2018, video is supposed to be the top. Um, type of content that people want to use. It definitely will be because they're firing through and it doesn't make video. (laughs) Yeah, what are words? (laughs) But I I have been playing with Facebook Live a little bit in my strategy. I think um, we're going to try some cool stuff. Now that we have all these art students coming downtown, I've got some ideas in mind for using Facebook Live there. But I wanted to ask you, like, it's been a little while since we talked about live video. Mm-hmm. What do you think the buckets are for Instagram Live and Facebook Versus Live? Facebook Live. Um, well, so I mean, I think it comes down to audience, um, but also I feel like Instagram. There used to be a, a more more of a distinction. So on Instagram Live, initially, it wouldn't you wouldn't be able to save your video. So it really was more of that. It's happening now. If you miss it, you miss it. So there's this huge sense of urgency. Um, now you can save your Instagram live video. So it sort of makes it like very similar to Facebook. Um, so that's where I think the the audience perspective comes into play. So we had a client um, who had a far bigger uh, fan base on Facebook um, versus uh, Instagram. So it was way more on Facebook and it just, it was sort of a no-brainer to do the live there. Um, and I was actually, uh, I was surprised at how well those videos did. And it's, and it was, it was pretty cool to see all the comments coming in all mm. at once, but it reaffirmed, you know, it, like I'm trying to think of the suggestions that we had in our live stream podcast, but it reaffirmed that, okay, it'd be good to have like someone else looking at the comments so you don't yeah. miss anything while you're filming. And yeah, just like, uh, I was I was panicking there for, <laughs> for one of the videos. And I don't know how, because, and this is what, this is the beauty, right? Like you need to experiment with these things yourself so that you, and I think you've had hiccups as well with your lives, right? Oh yeah. Um, so one of our hiccups for this in particular was you can swipe left or right to hide the comments that come in and I don't think I realized that so I had just swiped maybe by accident and then like for and like five minutes later I'm like wow no comments, no comments. this sucks <laughs> I was like this is a terrible experiment no one cares and then I realized um part way through I was like holy holy crap there's like a there's a ton of comments that I'm missing here and I had I had done the wrong swipe so a uh, valuable lesson in in playing around and, and testing the 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 different features um on new features but but i actually found it very uh very fun um the live uh content that we've done it's been very fun and interesting and uh, when it comes down to the facebook or instagram live or even twitter live um i do think then uh where's your audience what what is the topic of the live stream um and why would that audience on that platform want to engage what Uh, about you i've been thinking about it from like a production value perspective if it's 
if if I have enough time to set up a good camera and get mics there, it's going on Facebook. Mm-hmm. If I where we have a much larger audience, mm-hmm. if I'm in the woods with a bunch of anthropology students like I was earlier this week and I wanted to do live video, I would use Instagram. Mm-hmm. I think it's more acceptable that for it to be low quality. Yeah. yeah, that's fair. Yeah. Um, and I, so I, I don't think I'm going to have a strategy that has regular Instagram lives, but I do think it'll be a tool in my arsenal where if I'm doing something cool or watching a cool performance that I spontaneously happened upon mm-hmm. or didn't have, uh, it wasn't available to me to prepare like a lot for it, then I, I think <laughs> then that's when I'll experiment with Instagram live. That makes sense. Yeah. yeah. A bit more of the real deal there. I did make an Instagram story in the woods with some anthropology students who were digging up a uh, mill Creek doing a cool. anthropo- an archeological dig, which is cool. But then I went back to check my analytics on my stories and realized they only go back 14 days. No rookie, rookie, rookie mistake. mistake. <laughs> <laughs> but also how cool is it that you can get a record of Instagram story stats? That's neat. For business Ugh. profile accounts only. So. I just thought I was finally clear of my like You're, huge spreadsheet for Snapchat you know, where I'm trying to get again, in at 24 yeah. hours and write down but all the this, numbers I can. I mean, but you can breathe a little easier because you don't have to check back, you know, at 23 hours later. Yeah. You, you do have a 14-day buffer. Totally. Um, in theory. <laughs> I do. Uh, yeah. I, I, I actually have noticed. So on Instagram stories, you can... Um, you only get those stats, uh, well, you get the stats for anyone, but you only get the stats up to 14 days if you have a business profile. Um, and something I wanted to share, and I haven't experimented with it yet, is is how I think because Facebook owns Instagram, if you're set to a business profile, I, I think they've been testing um with more algorithm limiting your reach depending on if you're a business profile versus if you're a personal profile. So my personal profile uh, as like a blogger, I switched over to a business account because I wanted the stats. And the last few months I've been seeing a drop in Mm. reach and engagement. And so I've been doing some digging and that's come up as potentially because, you know, they did the same thing with pages. They did the same thing with pages. So it's like, would you assume that they would do the same thing with profiles? Because they're trying to get you to buy it. To pay. And they do. Like you see that all the time. Even like, even on a regular uh, profile post, do you get those recommendations? Like your Instagram. Oh my God. I get, they're so funny sometimes. I posted, so I have a test page for McEwen. I posted testing things, testing live video, the F out, we're awesome. And they're like, post like this. Typically perform very well. Ninety-five percent better than your, than your other posts. It's like every single post is performing ninety-five percent better than my other posts. Anyway, so just a, a word of caution, I think, or something to maybe look for is potentially uh, having an Instagram business profile page might actually um, end up costing you costing you more in the end. Yeah, worth it right now for the stats. Mm-hmm. I think. Um, I am noticing that our Instagram stories now have a larger viewership on average than our right. Snapchat. Mm-hmm. It's not that it's we have about 5,000, 6,000 people on Instagram and mm-hmm. then about 2,500 on Snapchat. Mm-hmm. And uh, so to see that number go over the average daily views just mean it's still a lower percentage mm-hmm. of people watching on Instagram. What I like about Snapchat is how engaged, how, how kind mm-hmm. of regular it is. But it means I'm going to adjust my strategy a little bit this summer. I think how I'm going to do it is more like personal talking into the camera, kind of like 
student advice, student service focused stuff is going to stay on Snapchat where it's been mm-hmm. really successful. And then more like action driven, like really very visual stuff is going I'll to go over to Instagram. Instagram. I think that's going to be how I divide it in my head. I like to For think now, up. Just yeah, just so I have a bucket of, okay, what am I doing right now? This is what. And what's different? What's worth you know, following on that. Exactly. The other one. I think the other interesting thing about Instagram stories that I'm noticing is that um, if you use a location tag on your Instagram story, even if it's not like Edmonton, if it's McEwen or I was uh, dropping my dog off at a uh, dog daycare, so I did the location filter for that. Uh, I'm sure it must be automated because it happens instantly, but they'll add your story into the explore and now there are Edmonton stories or uh, I think it was even like West Edmonton Mall stories. Um, yeah, I did see that. Yeah. yeah, and so at first I was just thinking, oh, that's kind of cool, but it actually does, I've seen, impact the number of uh, views that you get and the number of reach that you get. So it's kind of an interesting way to, I did a test, I did like five Instagram story posts with no location uh, and then I did a couple with location, and the location ones always had more, um, which was which was cool, huh. which is interesting. But yeah, another I think uh, another way or tactic for you to reach beyond. Um, and I'm actually curious to see how they how they do it because they must they must have every single location like tagged to a bigger location that they can just feed in. You know what I mean? Because it's right. like, how did they know that infinite possibilities doggy daycare in a second goes under Edmonton, right? Oh, right. Yeah. It's just pulling Instagram's location, right? Like the same way that you would tag a photo with the location, I think. Right, I guess. But see- it would be like, it would be like, under the specific right. that specific location, but it would also be under Edmonton. Right. It could also be under Alberta. So it's like it's, it's great new ways to discover yeah, stories, which is cool. cool. Two other new things on Instagram: the archive is one of them. Uh, can you run us through exactly what the archive <laughs> is? I, I have no idea. <laughs> so Instagram archive uh, is a button now that lets you archive your own photos. So because, you know, Instagram's all about the how does the grid look, that aesthetic, that look and feel, um, if you, for example, go through your grid and you see a photo that sort of stands out uh, from a week ago or maybe a month ago and you're thinking, damn, like that, that actually kind of ruins my tone uh, or, I, or I don't like that anymore. <laughs> or in some cases, people are like, ooh, it didn't get enough likes. I don't want <laughs> to have this in my record. Uh, instead of deleting the photos, now you can just archive them so you still have a record um, of the post. Uh, all of the engagement and stats and the, the comments uh, and caption are saved and you can bring it back to your uh, grid whenever oh, you want. Um, but, but you don't have to have it on your grid now. So I think it's sort of it's interesting to me because I think it supports um, that sort of fake <laughs> lifestyle that you're living. So it's like you can you can really choose now. OK, well, this month I'm going to have, you know, my grid only look like this or maybe next month it's only going to look like this. And you can still keep those posts, but um, allows you to bit of, uh, be a bit more curated, I guess, live in that living your best curated life <laughs> with Instagram archive. <laughs> And the other new thing, Instagram now lets you choose a select audience of people to see certain posts. So mm-hmm. uh, they're trying to cut down on people having multiple accounts, having Finstas, fake Instagrams, <laughs> right? Yeah. Uh, they're trying to cut down on that. So instead of you letting a select group of people kind of follow this secondary account, you can just 
integrate them in. Although I, I don't really see <laughs> solving the that problem at all. <laughs> uh, and uh, for me, I definitely won't be deleting my second account because my secret Pokemon Go Instagram account is literally better than my real Instagram. Now, I'm like, so. you still haven't told me what your secret and Pokemon Go will. account is. And I, I really <laughs> want to know. <laughs> just find the best Pokemon, Pokemon Go, Go Instagram account. account. It's mine. Like, do you just post your Pokemon? I guess you're just going to have to find out the hard way. <laughs> I'm going to look for it. <laughs> um, so It kills. <laughs> it's so much better. No one likes my real Instagram anymore. Your people Instagram love it. Instagram is so nice, though. Sure, yeah. People like Pokemon better than yeah, that. Yeah, that's true. So. Actually, that could be its own topic. Like, I, I can't. You're still playing Pokemon Go. <laughs> people in class houses, Linda. <laughs> oh, man. Okay. Uh, so, Snapchat. Let's talk about Snapchat. Oh, yeah. Snapchat, Snap Map. Okay, Snap Map is the first time. You know, when you work in social media, everyone's always like, "Oh, isn't that creepy? Isn't this creepy? Isn't that creepy?" Snap, Snap, Snap Map <laughs> is the first time that I've been like, "Yeah, that is creepy. Like, it's way creepy." <laughs> uh, I tu- I like turned it off immediately. I felt yeah, super old doing it, too. but I, I don't know, man. I do see it. It's a if you have an event yep. with the right target audience, it is a way if people are discovering events that, that way. Yeah, you can generate content or look at what that content is. I've I've heard it's it could be valuable for breaking news. You right. Can sort of. Yeah, you can sort of be on the ground um, for breaking news events in that sense. But but I've also heard yeah. Actually, one story I heard about a snap map, map was that uh, a teen was like stranded in the middle of like a river or something. And, <laughs> yeah. And like people saw he was just in the middle of a river on the snap map uh, and they rescued him. So, <laughs> so there's probably some effective uses of it. But um, overall, kind of. <laughs> <laughs> it's like you're stranded on a river. The first thing you do is Snapchat. <laughs> He's on Snapchat. <laughs> Like you're on a phone, like call 911 <laughs> for God's sakes. He's like, look at my location. <laughs> oh, man. I don't know. I think the other thing that it probably feeds into is um, like FOMO or fear of missing out. So it's just another oh, way yeah. for, for people to see that everyone else is hanging out right without away. Them. Their cute bit emojis are hanging out without your. And I saw that right away. It was like one emoji in the corner and then seven emojis. <laughs> it's like, so oh, sad. when you find out that your friends are hanging out without you. <laughs> yeah. Oh, it's, it's hard to be a kid in 2017. Oh my God. Yeah, seriously. Actually, uh, what it has brought up too that's been interesting, and I'm seeing more of this, great uh, niche, I, I think, is um, more discussion around parents and the conversations they need to have with kids about privacy and safety yeah. on social media. So uh, I've been seeing that crop up again because of Snap Map. Um, Speaking of cropping, you can now... <laughs> Create like uh, like MacBook style backgrounds, <laughs> yeah. right? On on, <laughs> on Snapchat, Snapchat. Uh, okay. like cr- you crop your crop, yeah. out your background, right, and then put things in. Yeah. I honestly haven't been on Snapchat a lot lately. Like I'm kind it. of as I reevaluate that Snapchat versus Instagram, mm-hmm. I've just kind of stepped away for a little mm-hmm. while. The university's quiet in the summer; it's a time to kind of refresh things, but. I'm terrified to go back in because it's, it's like a whole different app than so, it was you know, before it I went is. on vacation. So, yeah, because now you can do you can set your snaps for infinity. Yeah. And I believe they did that because Instagram stories, oh. you can hold down to pause your, your story. But, you but know, that was the whole point of Snapchat. Going on vacation can kill you as a social <laughs> media manager. Because yeah. like, I really... <laughs> 
put myself in like a digital lockdown. Mm-hmm. I posted to Instagram. Mm-hmm. I posted Your occasionally on Twitter. Instagram. Yeah, yeah, totally. Not the good one. Uh, <laughs> although, you know, I did put it, I did get a Mr. Mime over in London. So we don't have to get into that. <laughs> oh my God. Uh, <laughs> uh, it's, uh, <laughs> I don't know what you're just So, you know, I get back and there's all these memes I missed, all these things I missed. I have no idea what they're talking about. And I wanted to talk about, uh, like, Sheriff meme I noticed this last week. Uh, I don't even know what that is. Emoji Sheriff is like a Western cowboy built out of emojis. And the top one is the cowboy hat emoji. Right. And the text under is like, howdy, I'm the sheriff of whatever. And they're all kind of jokes. But I think the meme, like, these things, they run their course in, like, a day, like, Mm -hmm. less. Mm -hmm. And if you as a brand manager are not, like, in that, wave you look you've missed out you look really out of touch mm-hmm. even if it happened like the day before or something right i don't know if you follow the subreddit like fellow kids but it's just <laughs> no. brands missing the boat on oh, memes that's nice. uh, <laughs> and i'm terrified of that being you're gonna be it. on there so that's- it just hammers home that what we've talked about in the past like in my opinion it's better to be this, it's it's better to understand what you're sharing mm-hmm. and and be maybe a little nostalgic mm-hmm. than it is to like to try and get in on that trend unless your thing unless is you I'm know, in and on it the makes trend, sense. right? I do get all my memes from the subreddit meme economy where <laughs> it's a do we do you know what that it's is? It's like a stock market. For- yeah, it's a stock market for memes. As soon as it goes mainstream, it's just a bunch of people shouting sell, sell, sell. sell, sell. sell. It's, it is the funniest That's thing in the world. So I don't pretend to be part of that, but you know, when you can hit that sweet spot, it it works really well. But I don't you know, it's a risky game. Yeah, you man. have to know. Um, you have to be sure of it. I wanted to uh, go back to Snapchat for a second. Um, apparently, you can create geo filters in the app now. Oh yeah, I saw so that. So before you could, you had to sign on uh, on the website to do it. But I, I don't think you can upload your own. You have to do it within their uh, templates, which is probably better for their younger users, but not as useful for uh, from a brand perspective. It's useful for me. I've I've made like uh, geo filters for. Um, I used the template when it was on the website to mm-hmm. do a birthday one mm-hmm. for a friend and. Oh, uh, nice. Yeah. Then we, I uploaded one for someone's baby shower. Yeah. It's always a nice surprise that it people is. don't. It's one one that people don't really expect, but uh, it's a cool it's a cool thing to be able to do on your own. For sure, um, I think also like because you can get stats for those geo filter. Um, oh yeah, geo filters that and they're you still add. killing for me. They do they do well. They do well. Yeah. Okay, because I just did a campaign. Um, the Snapchat geo filter was a very minor component. We were just like, let's try it and see what happens. And we kind of did it in the River Valley. Um, turns out, no one in the River Valley is on Snapchat. Yeah, <laughs> uh, and I didn't know this, but you can actually not get enough even views for it to say sorry, we couldn't generate any stats for you <laughs> that's how little people <laughs> are using it how'd that snapchat filter go what what filter <laughs> like no that didn't <laughs> we didn't do that so many people it was such a low cost too though so i think funny. we overloaded their servers that's what you need to tell <laughs> that's them probably next time. What. uh i always have to incentivize it with a contest yeah. so yeah. what else say the other promotion for right sure. and i'll say like hey i'll use my our twitter and our instagram i'll say um 
question. Post, uh, send us a snap using this geo filter, and you could win. Mm-hmm. And it, it doesn't have to be something and then it's like big. cross-platform. Exactly. Yeah, which is nice. Uh, so you do have to do that work to raise awareness that you're doing it, but people really jump it. in on the contest. Incentivizing is important. Um, another thing on Snapchat is that they introduced a new ad management dashboard. So it's supposed to be similar to Facebook ads, uh, which really just makes it so easy for advertisers. Um, I've... <laughs> I've, so I've thought that Snapchat for a while has been so snobby with their uh, main advertising because you, you have to have a lot of money to, to get lenses, yeah, yeah, yeah. to get on the Discover, uh, to get these ads. So I thought, oh, this ad manager means they're opening up. But um, still, you have to apply. Uh, so I tried to apply. <laughs> Listen, as soon as you get that, like, there's no cost. And they're yeah. just like, yeah, send us an email and we'll talk. Yeah, yeah. It was like, uh, when are you going to execute your campaign? And one of the selections was... Um, um, oh, I'm just curious <laughs> something about my options. They're never gonna, they're never gonna contact you back. So that was like a month ago, and I still haven't heard back from them. So we're we're still small fry. It's, it's LinkedIn, at like doing their custom <laughs> yeah, stuff. You yeah. just you're gonna spend some money. Oh man. <laughs> uh, do you want to talk about the Edmonton rebrand? Sure. Something that kind of rolled out on and and emerged on social media. Yeah. To me, I think uh, all of our followers will have seen what happened, but to me, it. it brings home a point that I make a lot, which is when you're sharing something like this, when you're rolling out a big announcement, I think it's really important to have it go out on social uh-huh. really prominently at the same time that it's presented to any wherever, key group of stakeholders. Yeah, wherever it's happening. No matter like how private it is, someone has their phone out and they're posting it and now you've out lost of control of the narrative. Absolutely. And that's what happened here. They had to backtrack and then share another blog post right. to clarify. And it was just like... So the rollout itself um, yeah. wasn't uh, wasn't smooth, um, but yeah, great point is that social should be in conjunction with um, the other the other ways that you're messaging. To the point, we'll time it for when the email goes out to mm-hmm. the community because someone's going to take a screen cap of it and yeah. post it on Twitter. We'll time it for when the press release goes mm-hmm. out. Um, you, you you want to make sure your social media is the place where people where go to find out yeah, about where your announcement. Yeah, getting that information. Because then if they see that, because they will go to you and then see you haven't posted anything and then they'll start looking at other people's comments and commentary on that. And or then, at the yeah. very least, you have a, a leg to stand on when you say, oh, actually, we just posted this mm-hmm. part of our website that explains what's going on. Why don't you go read that? Like, mm-hmm. why are you being so wrong all the time? <laughs> Control the message. <laughs> Uh, and finally, uh, today. <laughs> yeah, I, uh, I did a big analysis of our Facebook page at McEwen and uh, just discovered some interesting things about um, sort of the dark social side of our posts, mm-hmm. which is that the reactions and comments that I was seeing uh, are almost doubled uh, outside of what you can see on our page. Right. So. There were ones like that just that people are posting about McEwen, but not like on the McEwen page. So and it's not what that I look, you're posting it, right? What I looked at is after the post is shared, how mm-hmm. many people like it? Because you like don't actually see a cumulative yeah. number on your page. Which is very unfortunate. If you open the post analytics, you see mm-hmm. how many on the post, how many on shares, how many total. Mm-hmm. So I went through and, and it took a, it was a bit of effort. It's kind of hard to dig this number up, but, but you're like so excited. Right I'm now. so excited. <laughs> uh, but it it was really interesting to see there were posts where we thought we got thirty likes or we got hundreds. There mm-hmm. were posts where we thought mm-hmm. we got 
a thousand likes where we got two thousand happening outside. And I think to me, one one issue it raised is like you can control the message on your Facebook page. Mm-hmm. You can hide comments. You can delete mm-hmm. comments. You can ban people. But your yeah, post, especially if it's controversial, it lives far beyond your page. So you do need to make sure that if you're entering realms of controversy, you're willing to have your brand stand behind positive and negative mm-hmm. connotations of that message. Control. Yeah, you can't control everything. Totally. You can't delete that. Uh, but it was, you, sorry. Sorry, I was going to say, do you look at, um, like, do you go to face like the search bar on Facebook and put in McEwen and see what comes up? Because that, that, I think, is also an interesting, like, uh, element of dark social, too, that I don't think, um, I, I know I don't do that. Yeah, I haven't done enough, that a lot. Right? That's a so, good idea. So I do wonder, like, what, what people are saying or what articles they're posting or, or and that's another route, I guess, to, to, to try and track that. But dark socials, dark socials, interesting. Another interesting thing is that the engagement rate for our posts is like fairly constant, remarkably constant, no Mm -hmm. matter how many people see it. So a post that not a lot of people saw would still, it looks like it it, it did worse, but like it, when we get more likes, it's not that like a thousand people saw it and more of them liked it. It's Mm -hmm. usually that proportionally a greater number of people saw it and mm-hmm. the same percentage of them liked it. It's just now that percentage is in the thousands kind of thing. Yeah. Uh, which is interesting because it means like maybe the only thing that matters is getting it to more people. And like the, I mean, right now we're mostly organic on the Facebook page. So mm-hmm. does that mean that, uh, it does that mean we could take the worst post, the post that did bad and just put money behind it and it would do as well as the best post. I feel like it probably Which would. is really yeah. interesting. <laughs> Those are fun things to experiment with. <laughs> <laughs> it deflated all of our very creative people to think about. Yes. But uh, but I think uh, there are certainly topics on our page that we know don't do as well. Yep. So, and ones that will do better. Right. And, and targeting those with budget could yep. maybe make them some of our best posts. It wasn't mm-hmm. that we did a bad job writing them necessarily yeah, or that it wasn't interesting. Concept. It's just... For whatever reason, not a lot of people saw it. I think that's a fair point. And that um, that actually reminds me of something that came out of Social West, uh, the social media conference in Calgary. Something someone said was, um, if you're going to put the effort uh, into creating the content, uh, if you're going, I think the conversation was on influencers, if you're going to put the effort into working with influencers, paying influencers to create this content, uh, why wouldn't you also be putting a budget into making sure that these posts get seen because you're putting the effort into it. So um, it, it's, it, it just makes good sense to make sure that you're placing it in front of the right people because compelling content uh, on its own sometimes is not enough. Thanks for listening to Don't Call Me a Guru. Thanks, uh, thanks as always, Doug Hoyer, who wrote the music. Thanks to Rory Lee from Rory Lee Designs for creating our logo. And shout out to Karen Unlin for being great. Thanks, Karen. (laughs) (laughs) We'll talk to you soon. Now that we're not on vacation being lazy, we'll we'll be back on a more regular schedule. Yeah, I guess uh, we'll uh, we'll be doing this more consistently again. (laughs) Talk to you later.